Well, if we have not had the pleasure of meeting just yet, um, I'm Ezekiel. I'm the associate pastor here. Um, and I'm very excited for this message. Um, I feel like this message has been culminating over the past month or so. And last week with a little mishap gave me a little more extra time to um, be even more ready to share this word. And, um, and where we're going to be is John chapter 4. Um, it's the first four books of the New Testament. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're in John chapter 4. Oh, wow. Zach was first. Good job. <laughs> um, but before then, I don't think there's anything wrong with praying more. I don't think we could ever... I don't think there's ever enough, or there won't ever be enough. There won't be a time where prayer is just, it's just a good thing. And so let's pray. God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for bringing each and every one of us here, whether in person or online, God. I just thank you that um, we get an opportunity like this every Sunday evening um, to worship, to fellowship, and to dive into your word. And I just pray that you speak through me, that it's your words and not mine. And I just pray for... Um, open minds, open hearts, and open ears to hear from you and, and to either be reminded, be convicted, um, or learn something new tonight. And I just thank you that we get to do this. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so I'm going to read through most of the chapter. It's John 4, verses 1 through 45. It is a hefty amount of verses to go through, but I think it is, it is one of my favorite stories. And so verse 1 reads this. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had passed through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, that it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? 
He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is yet coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, What do you seek, or what are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, There are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For there has been... For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into that their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So where the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed with there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. After the two days he departed for Galilee, for Jesus himself has testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. For they too had gone to the feast. That was a 
hefty amount. But this is, I've taught on this message or this particular story several times in my ministry career. And every time, it's, it's just such a good reminder, simple reminder. And if you're taking notes, and if you like to take notes, I like to title my messages and I just have this one point and it's super simple. The message of this sermon or the title of this sermon is the same as my main point is Jesus is enough. That Jesus is enough. And as I prepared for this message, I I really have contemplated the human condition. There's an an innate desire for us to be fulfilled. Um, Anytime I've heard this story or have been taught and listened to different sermons, I've always heard the sermon from the standpoint of the Samaritan woman's shame or her past and a lot of those things. But then as I prepared this study and as I prepared this message, I saw it as a, from the perspective that she was always looking for something to fulfill her. She was looking for some source of fulfillment, whether that was relationship in, in the context of the story, it was a lot of relationship. But I think each and every one of us um, could look at our own selves and know that there is something that we're desiring to be fulfilled. And sometimes we look outside of Christ for that fulfillment. And finding fulfillment outside of Jesus will always leave us empty. It will always leave us dissatisfied. Regardless of what we attain, what we achieve, whether we are moving up in the world or we feel like we're not moving anywhere, whether it is we are desiring some source of, like I said, fulfillment. If it's outside of the realm of the kingdom of God, there's nothing that's going to satisfy. And simple enough, this is the first instances of the gospel of Jesus Christ being shared. In the simplicity of knowing that Jesus knew every detail of her life, knew everything about her, yet still sat by the well and waited for her. Like he didn't have to go through Samaria. He didn't have to go there at all. And I think the beautiful thing and the simplicity of all of it is, is just that. That Jesus is enough. I think it's so easy to get caught up and distracted and sometimes stir away from the simplicity of the gospel. That if I have Jesus, I will be satisfied. I know when I look back at my life and the things I've done, the things I've said, and how I've pursued my own self and my own selfish desires and where that has led in my own life. Um, And a lot of that time was, I was not satisfied then after. I didn't feel fulfilled after um, having the relationships I did have and the way I pursued those things. 
There is no satisfaction in that. There's no amount of substance or alcohol or any fun things that are going to satisfy your thirst, that are going to fulfill what only Jesus can. There is nothing more important than the simplicity of the gospel. And that's my heart and desire for everyone. Is that this is good news. That whatever season of life, whatever it is we're feeling or whatever thoughts we may have towards ourselves... That we could always be reminded that Jesus is enough. That Jesus is enough. That when I don't feel like I'm going anywhere in life, that has been my biggest struggle personally where I feel like I feel stagnant. I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. Like I have all these things, I've done all this stuff, and, and where has it brought me? But when I look back, it's because it's I'm not looking to Jesus. I was like, I, I don't serve, I don't do these things out of what I, what I gain. I do all these things because of what he gave. Like we go to church because of what Jesus did. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing to know that what we know about ourselves how we see ourselves, that Jesus is going to meet us right where we're at. And I think the challenge here is, I think oftentimes, we can get so distracted and caught up in drawing from a well that is not Jesus. That Jesus is also the water and the well. And oftentimes I think we'll look to other things to be that well and we'll continuously draw from it. We'll look to be satisfied by relationship, by friendships, by success, by something that I could attain, something that I could gain, something I could get from other people. Yet, we could look at the world and know, and we probably have encountered and seen for ourselves that none of it satisfies. That I might get to this next thing, it might be nice for the moment. It might be nice for the season. And then eventually, I'm going to get tired of it. That it, It's not going to fulfill me. But the only one that will fulfill, the only one that will satisfy my thirst, the only one that will satisfy each and every season of my life, whether it's on the mountaintops or in the valleys, it's that main point that Jesus is enough. And there are three verses that I want to share with you guys. And I hope you take to heart. And it's these three verses. John 4, verse 13 to 14. And it just reads this. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water willing up to eternal life. And then Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. 
Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And last verse is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And what I hope and what I pray for and what I want everyone to know. It sounds super cliche. I'm sure if we've been around church, we've heard it before. Jesus is enough. That Jesus is enough. And I want to challenge each and every one here tonight, even though it's still bright as day, um, that whatever well we may be drawing from, ask yourselves, am I, is my well Jesus or is that, am I looking to the other things of this world? Am I looking to other things to be that well? And if I'm going to continuously draw from it, the water there is not going to satisfy me. But the good news is, and the amazing thing is, it is Jesus. That we know that he died and rose again for us. Like in this instance, they didn't know that was going to happen. They didn't know anything. But the great thing for us is that we know he died and rose again. That he died for our sins. He died for our past. That regardless of how I feel about myself, because trust me, trust me, there's many times I've seen myself, I'll look at myself, uh, and I don't get it. I don't get it. Why would Jesus die for me? And that's the beautiful thing. Like We could remember, we could look to Christ knowing that he, he, he waits for us. He loves you as you, he finds you. There, there's no work, there's nothing you have to do in order to meet him. That he sees every part of you. He knows every part of us and loves us. And that is the good news. That is the simplicity of Jesus being enough for us 
And so, if you're new to our church and if you have not been here before, I really challenge you in this time of silence and solitude to think over these questions I've written down. I'm sorry, Brian, I didn't share it with you. I know, I'm sorry. But ask yourself this, is Jesus enough for me? Is Jesus the well I'm drawing from? And then contemplate, think through it. What are the things in your life that have a tendency to take priority over Jesus? Do you find peace and contentment in Jesus? Whether it's a high season of life or a low, is Jesus going to be that peace for you? In the ever-changing things of this world, like, am I going to be content with what the Bible says, with what His Word says? And then who do we turn to in our weakness? I think it's so easy for ourselves to get caught up in the facade that I have to look good for other people. I have to look strong. I have to look like I have it all together. I have to do these things in order, in order to do whatever it is we're trying to project. But in our weakness, our weakness is an opportunity for God to show us his strength. And then the last question is, it it goes back to that first part. Are there wells in our life that we tend to draw from? Because I I know the wells that I, I draw from. And so in the next 10 minutes, Write in your notes, think about it, pray, sit still, and let God speak to you.
Let's pray. God, I thank you for um, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your son. I thank you for everything you are doing in and through us, Lord. And I just pray that as we go on with worship, as we go on through our evening, Lord, remind us that you are enough. You're the one that satisfies our souls. And I just pray that whatever it is we're going through, that we'd learn to lay it at your feet, Lord. That you'd be our, be the well and the water, Lord. And I just thank you that we get to do this. I thank you that we have a space and place to worship you freely, to dive into your word and to fellowship together, Lord. And I just thank you that we have tonight. And I just pray that as we go on through our evening, um, we just be overwhelmed by your love for us. And I just thank you and I praise you. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.